Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. I always forget, with the, especially with the YWAP, that when you, when you illustrate a point with a story, you have to make sure that the story doesn't outweigh the point. That makes sense, right? So, so uh, last week I taught at, um, at Senior YWAP, and uh, this week Rico taught at, at Senior YWAP, and he says, so what did we talk about last week? And, and the one kid goes, the drunk man at Sibylla's window, which was the one illustration that I used. So I'm, I'm learning, you know, the illustrations, they mustn't, you know, they mustn't be that, that effective. So I'm going to ask you, what did we speak about last week? What did Rico speak about last week? <laughs> what, what, sir? <laughs> See, your illustration mustn't outweigh the point. <laughs> Tying the kid to the table. <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think we need to kind of re-strategize our teaching. Okay? <laughs> so in case you weren't here, because I'm surely if you were here, you must be born again. Remember? That was, that's what, <laughs> oh yes, I remember that now. So that's what we were speaking about last week. And, and this week we're going to be speaking about another, another demand or another command that God, uh, Jesus gives us, which is to repent. What is your first connotation when you hear that word? Is it, does it fill you with joy? <laughs> Turn or burn? Or my Afrikaans version, dry or dry. <laughs> okay, so I think in, in Christian circles we have a connotation with the word repent. Uh, it's normally said with someone, have, okay, um, Ian, where are you? There's a, 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 a nightjar. And uh, it, it's called, it sounds like, good Lord, deliver us. What is the name of that nightjar? Fiery-necked nightjar. You know why? Have you ever seen those preachers where the whole face is red and they're telling you to repent? Have you ever seen them? And there's like spit flying. Have you ever seen that? You'll note the front row is empty. So it gives me some range this morning. Um, and so normally the word that we, you know, the, the, the emotions that we connect, by the way, good job, good job, Ian. Is an excellent burden. Very good. But the word that we know, or the feeling that we connect with repent, is normally, uh, it's not a, a good connotation. It's normally being yelled at us, um, and, and it's kind of like, you are, you are just nothing, you need to sort yourself out. And so this morning, when we're going to look at that word, we're going to see it, what, what did Jesus actually mean when he spoke about that? So uh, one of the things that uh, Rico said last week is that we are, which is true, we are Namibia calls itself a Christian nation. Are you, are you aware of that? We call ourselves a Christian nation. And this, uh, this last Friday at YWAP, I was sitting and having a conversation with a bunch of the students. And I, and I think one student, I think his name was Stephen. I didn't quite get it properly because, you know, I'm getting old and deaf. And um, we were chatting, and, and he has this, and I was asking him where they live. And they live in Gemeente 1 and in Damara location in um, Karatura. And uh, we were, I was asking him, what's it like to live there? And uh, he says, no, it's, it's fine. You just, from Wednesday, you don't really go out at night because that's when, when people start drinking and that on the streets. And, um, and he says, the, the, the weapon of choice is our bricks. And I kind of looked at him. And he says, yeah, our bricks are being used. And then he, he showed me the scar here on the side of the head. So it's like a scar like this. He says, yeah, this is from a brick. And I go, what happened? And he says, no, he was playing soccer on the street. And an adult came and played with him, and so he beat the adult, 
And so the adult beat him with a brick for, you know, being better at soccer. And, and stories like that make me very angry. Because if we are a Christian nation, that shouldn't be happening. And so as a nation, we shouldn't be having any of this. And as a nation that calls itself Christian, our weapon of choice should not be bricks, it should be prayer. And so when I, when I read that, I'm reminded about what Isaiah says. And it says here, uh, he's speaking about John, and he's saying, He's a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled, and the mountains and, his hills, and the hills made level. The curves will be straightened, and the rough places made smooth. And then all people will see the salvation sent from God. So this is Isaiah speaking about John. And what was John known for? Eating locusts. Good Namibian answer, food. Good stuff. <laughs> Eating locusts. And, and remember the camel hair, ne? But what else? What was his message? Repent. Okay. And that's what he was known for. We read here in Luke chapter 3, it says, When the crowds came to John for baptism, he said, You brood of snakes. Not a very nice thing to be called. Who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we safe, for we are descendants of Abram. You see, up to that point, baptism was used as part of the ceremony, ceremony for non-Jews to convert to Judaism. And so that was what it was used for up to that point. So John comes along, and all of a sudden, baptism is for everyone. Okay, And up to that point, the Jews had relied on their connection to Moses and to Abraham to have their, their inroad. Okay? But now John was saying something else. John was saying in Luke chapter 3, verse 3, he says, He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, is baptism the act of repentance? Is, is that what forgives us? No. It's symbolic, right? It's a symbolic uh, representation. Um, we used to do baptism down at the prep school hall, uh, in the prep um, swimming pool. And Brian always had this line that would just crack me up. He'd go, this water is not holy. As a matter of fact, at least four children have peed in it this last week. You know? <laughs> so the act of baptism isn't what saves us. It is a symbolic representation of what's happening in our hearts. So as a nation, when we look at who we are as a nation, we should be repenting of our sins and living our lives in such a way as to reflect Jesus. Calling ourselves Christians, and I, I love what Rico said last week, he said, at this moment, most of our nation is in church. We're sitting in church. But it's not what we do here that counts. It's what we do when we leave here. And so we as a nation need to follow John's words and to repent. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> it says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, this was the beginning message of Jesus, and he says, from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Have we had any more extroverts come in? Okay, because I'm now going to ask for feedback. And introverts, myself included, don't like that. When, who would like to share this morning the moment that they repented and followed Christ? I'll start us off. How's that? Okay. So I was 16 years old. Uh, my parents were uh, busy going through a divorce. And uh, I was at a youth group, and we had a, a visiting sermon, a visiting pastor giving us a sermon. And you know that famous line, if you died tonight, where would you go? Do you know where you would be? And I was like, nah, okay, yeah, sure, okay, cool, let's do this thing. 
And I put up my hand, and then I asked Jesus into my life. As you can, did you sense the deep conviction I felt at that moment? Okay. Luckily, Jesus works with us. And, and that, uh, I don't think I realized what I was actually doing at that moment, but thankfully, Jesus worked with my heart. So that was the moment that I turned, and I realized that the way I was living my life wasn't the way I should have been living my life. Okay, now it's your turn. I'm going to pick on Rico. No, no, but you heard his story last week. Uh, who should I pick on? Helena. <laughs> For those of you who didn't hear, there was a slight no. <laughs> okay, Helena, I'll let you off the call. I know you don't mind sharing. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. That's good. At least, at least you were sharing. Helena's still ducking down. Thank you, Carl. Okay, I'm going to pick on Nolene. <laughs> now is the moment that you wish I didn't know your name. Awesome. Thank you very much, Nolene. Who should I pick on on this side? Who wants to be picked on? Can I pick on you, Anna Lois? <laughs> How do you say no? <laughs> Thank you very much, Anna Lois. You see, if I don't pick on people, we'll never hear the amazing stories. So thank you very much for sharing. And so when, when we hear these moments, these moments aren't, um, they're moments of joy. Do you see that? And I think if we, if we can connect joy with repentance, then we'll have a, a much sweeter walk with Jesus as we go along. Now, now there are some, some fancy Greek words which, um, because we have some scholars amongst us, I'm not going to even try and say, but basically what it comes down to is the word repentance means, <laughs> everybody's looking at each other, um, basically means a turning. So this picture illustrates it pretty well. So you're going in one direction, and you do a about face, 180 degrees, and you go in another direction. Okay. But you'll note that the road keeps going. 
Have any of you in any form of uh, friendship or relationship or whatever said, ask somebody to do something and they go, yes, sure. And then you come back an hour later and it hasn't been done. I see the children kind of going, (laughs) okay. Um, I I saw this meme the other day is that only as an adult do you understand the pain of when your mom asked you to take the chicken out the freezer and you didn't. (laughs) Only as an adult do you understand what that means. Okay. And so there, there is uh, those words that change is not just a moment that happens, but it's an it's a action, it's an inward uh, process that leads to outward action. And that's what repentance means. In Luke chapter 3, John says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Okay. So repentance is something, oh, sorry, I forgot to say that. Very often we have young people that come to us and they say, my life is in too much of a mess for me to give my life to Jesus. I first need to get some things in order before I give my life to Jesus. Have you heard that before? That's not how repentance works, thankfully, because then none of us would be ever, ever be able to do that. We come with where we are now, in our mess, in our, in our crazy thinking, whatever the case is, we come at that point to Jesus and, and we repent. So, Repentance leads to action, and we see that in a couple of places. We look here, in, still with John, and he's saying, the crowd asked, what should we do? And John replied, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked, teacher, what should we do? Do you see how there's, there's a, a, something that happens in, inwardly, and then there's an outward action, okay? He replied, collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do, asked some soldiers. John replied, don't extort money or make false accusations. I love this line. And be content with your pay. I don't think John was only speaking to the soldiers that day. That's a bit of a hard one. But you see how, how every time there's, there's a repentance that occurs and then there's an action that is required. Let's have another look. Peter. <clears throat> Remember Peter who messed up so royally with Jesus at the end? Okay, and then in Acts chapter 2, he, he becomes Peter the Rock, and he's speaking to this huge crowd, and he says, um, he says to all of them, so let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So when we look at our lives, there would have been a point somewhere along the line where you would have repented, where you would have turned. You would have been going in your life in a certain way. You would have met Jesus and you would have turned. Is that where it ends? Thankfully not, because then we have to continue the process. All right? Another great example is... Peter and Judas, both messed up, right? What did Judas do? He hung himself, okay? What did Peter do? He repented. We read here in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, and it says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. I think we've all been in some form of friendship or whatever where somebody messes up and they keep saying sorry. Okay? But then it happens again and again. Have you ever been in that kind of situation? 
And what happens after a while? You start feeling like they're not actually sorry. There's just words. And so here it says that godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. Guys, I think if you speak to anybody in this hall, everybody will be able to tell a story. If not now, maybe somewhere down in their lives, down the line in their lives, where they have messed up royally. I know I can. Where, where you have done what you knew Jesus didn't want you to do. And the beautiful thing is that we can turn to him. We can turn from whatever road we're walking, and we can turn to Jesus, and we can come to him. And he can actually give us forgiveness. And not only, not only that, he shows us then how to continue walking. So I'm going to throw out two big words. Justification and sanctification. Big words. What do they mean? Sorry, Mike, I can't hear you. <laughs> yes, Mike? Mm-hmm. There we go. See, this is why it's always good to have a scholar in your midst. Always good. I highly recommend it. He said he was going to sit back there because you're safe. Little did he know. <laughs> so uh, a non-scholarly way that I remember is justification is just as if I never sinned. So it's where, where God has made you, put you in right standing. Is that correct, Mike? Would you? <laughs> I'm just going to continue, all right? And so there's the, the moment of repentance where God, uh, here it says, justification sets people free from sin's penalty, and sanctification means uh, being set free from sin's power. So in other words, there's a moment where we repent, where God makes us in relationship and fixes that relationship, but then we continue growing. We are, uh, do we only confess our sins once in our life? That would be amazing if that were the case. If we only sinned once and that was it. But we are in a relationship. And how many, um, those of you who are married, I'm not married, is, is saying I love you to your spouse on your wedding day enough? No. No. How about, <laughs> what, what's that? Sorry, Hunga, can't you? Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm sorry? Do you only say it once in your whole wedding? Ach, in your whole marriage? I'm seeing some very interesting smiles here, guys. I don't know how I'm supposed to interpret them here. Okay. And so as we grow in relationship, we have to keep growing and becoming more like Jesus. I always tell the, the kids that um, my mom will always be my mom, but how I, how I relate to her is an ongoing process. So she will never not be my mom, but I can choose to bring her coffee, um, let her stay with my sister in Norway for six months, those kind of things. I mean, for example, she's in Norway with my sister for six months. Um, but so that will, that will make the relationship sweet, or it will be a, a difficult relationship. And so that's the same thing with us, is that as we go throughout our relationship with the Lord, there is that moment where you are made right, but then it's an ongoing process. Who of you were recently called by God to repent about something that you are willing to share? I'll tell you mine. Yesterday, um, I was still working on this, and God very clearly told me that I need to stay off my phone. Okay, and not like the casual, you know, but like, you know, when you're supposed to be doing something and you're like, let me just quickly check, you know, that one. And I felt a very clear um, rebuke from the Lord because I think he, I've, I really believe that he wants me to give more of my mind to him, that I, I, sh I should be more careful with what I'm letting into my mind. And that is part of the growing closer to the Lord as we go. Who would like to share an example that they have? I won't pick on you for this one. Anybody? Okay, Rico, you know you're going to have to come up with one. 
That's when, when you work together, you get to, you know, pick on each other. And I wish you could see his facial expression because he knows he's having to deal with the Lord on that one. And so those are those moments where you, you stand there and you have a choice. Do I move towards the Lord, even though it's not easy? Or do I stay with where I am in my bitterness and my anger, whatever the case may be? Okay, I'm not going to ask for examples, but who of you have had that recently? Where, where you felt that God has admonished you or, or, or something that you need to repent of? That is part of the process of us growing closer to the Lord. And that is part of repentance. Justification is something that God does for us. Sanctification is what God does with us. I did not come up with these, by the way. These are very clever. They're not mine. Justification is by grace through faith, while sanctification is by grace applied in life. This morning, my, my request of you, of all of us as a church, is to not... Um, when we hear the word repent, uh, because also sometimes you, you hear those words said in anger, you, you hear those words said in ways that I don't think are how uh, God meant them to be. But when you hear the word repent, whether it's from a fellow believer who, who loves you and is wanting what is best for you, whether it's from the Holy Spirit, I would ask us as a church that we could respond quickly, that we hear, hear those words and we're able to respond and walk closer to becoming who Jesus wants us to be. The only way that we as a nation are going to be able to have streets that are safe for our kids to play in is if we as a nation follow Jesus. Um, I, my, my heart really broke on Friday because these are, these are children that are in grade 8 and they're talking about being, uh, having bricks thrown at them. And that's not the way it should be. We as a nation, we need to, as, as one of my kids always says, we need to do better. And we don't do better by, by not walking. We do better by following Jesus. And I want to ask that us, that we as a church, that we are the ones that go out there and share Jesus with a, with a city and a nation that we also desperately need him. Whether it's as a believer, because God tells me to repent quite often, or whether it's as a non-believer, somebody who needs to discover who Jesus is today. And so that's my prayer. And, and I, as, as the worship team comes up in a few moments, or now, if you want, um, we're going to spend some time in prayer. Yes, we, we're early today. I was told, short and sweet. I'm like, yes, ma'am. Okay. But as we spend some time in prayer, I'd like to ask that you, you ask the Lord, where in your own life do you need to repent of something? Where in your own life do you need to change the way that you are currently living? Because that is the only way that we are going to change this nation. That is the only way that this dying world and hurting world will discover who Jesus really wants to be to them. So let's spend some time and then I'll close us in prayer before we finish.
Father God, I thank you so much that you are the one who calls us. Father, that you are the one that has a heart for the nation, Lord. Lord, I pray that, that we as a church, that, that um, we as Namibians will, will stand together and, and, and declare who you are and who you want to be in each person's life. Lord, I thank you that when you speak about repentance, that it's, that it's, um, it's a sweet thing that, that moves us closer to you. Lord, I, I thank you that this morning that you've, um, you have called us together and that, that you have called us together to stand and unite in one purpose, Lord, of knowing you and making you known to the world. So, Lord, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for, for this church family. And, and as we go throughout our week, that you remind us of, of things that we need to repent of, attitudes and, and um, issues of the heart, Lord, that we can walk so closely with you. Father, we thank you so much for every moment that you give us and that um, even though every day isn't a, a given, that you give us joy in, in every day that we do have, Father. We thank you for your love and we thank you for your grace. Ask us all in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Rico Veca, and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.